0: Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us today on the She's Invincible podcast and we have the amazing, invincible, Spencer Snaker. She's an executive transformation coach, trainer, and speaker. She works with visionary entrepreneurs who are on a mission to make major impact by transforming the status quo. How? How? by helping them to break through barriers to their next level of success, while loving life every step of the way, and without giving up what matters most to them. She has trained and coached in personal and professional development for nearly 25 years. Her transformative programs cause profound and lasting shifts in participants' lives by getting the heart of what drives us, what holds us back, and what it takes to be truly fulfilled as spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome, Spencer. We're so excited to have you here on the She's Invincible podcast. Thank you, Cami. I'm so excited to be here. Oh my gosh. So let's do this. Let's tell our listeners how you got where you are today and what makes
1: you invincible. All right. Well, it's been quite a journey. And I know that's a big part of what your show is about is that for a lot of us who reach a level of success, it doesn't generally happen overnight. Um, and for me, it was really almost a 20 year journey um, to get to the stage that I'm in now. I feel like there's kind of different chapters of our life. So to get to the chapter I'm in now, um, but it started, you know, I, I always had this desire to help people live their most amazing lives. Um, I, as a kid, I was a little Pollyanna ish. Um, I ended up going to college for to study psychology because I didn't really know of any other way that seemed fit to fit to work with people and helping them achieve their, their desires and their dreams. And um, quickly realized after college that psychology seemed in many ways, and I, and I don't mean to knock the industry because there's certainly benefit and believe me, I've been in therapy more than once myself, but it seems to be more focused on um, fixing problems, so to speak, like thinking there's something wrong, there's something broken, there's some issue that needs to be solved. and I I had the incredible fortune of experience after college to discover this weekend uh, coaching and transformational training program uh, within about a year of graduating college. And my first day in this class, I remember looking at the trainer as he was just amazingly leading things, and people were having huge, like, head exploding in a good way, breakthroughs and epiphanies. And I remember watching him just thinking, that that is what I was put on this earth to do, because it was so much about what do you want? Where do you want to be? What's the ultimate that you want to have happen with anything possible, with limitless potential and possibilities? What's it going to take for you to create the life that you want to be living? And I was like, yeah, this is it. (laughs) So I was really excited about it. I I ended up doing all of their curriculum. I ended up uh, working for them for a couple of years, working in their office that was in Maryland at the time I live in the Washington DC area and uh, sadly I discovered them near the end of their tenure they were in business over 25 years and after a couple years working with them they started closing their doors and shutting down their centers and um, you know at the time I really I was making very low pay uh, and working very long hours but I was doing work I loved and I started thinking I wonder if there's a way I could have it all <laughs> call me crazy but maybe there's some way I could actually have it all where I could do work I love and get paid well and not have to work crazy long hours and so i went into corporate which is so funny because my whole you know growing up i mean honestly even now sometimes i'm like i'm not working for the man But I went into corporate um, around the time that Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Successful People was very popular and a lot of companies were implementing it. And I was thinking maybe I could do work like that and still feel like I'm making a difference and living my purpose. Uh, But as I said, get paid much better and more balance in my life and all of that. And long story short, it ended up really not... Developing that way, the, the a number of things happened. The com- right as I was about to start doing work like that, the company got bought out. I had the opportunity to work from home while I had just had my my first daughter, who was a newborn at that time. And somehow, silly me, didn't really think in the midst of my pregnancy, like, what am I going to do with this kid when I have to go back to work? <laughs> I remember about a month or two before giving birth going, oh my God, am I really going to have to hand off this newborn at a daycare center so I can go work? And so, um, you know, it's funny. I didn't, I never knew about human design, but I have discovered since many years after this that I'm a manifesting generator. And, and much of my life has gone this way where I just, you know, I get an idea in my head and I make it happen. I find a way. And, you know, with that, when I had that realization, I was like, I can't do it. I got to figure out another way. And uh, so anyway, I had the opportunity to work from home and loved the chance to work from home and be there with my child. And, and I still was working during the day, you know, babies sleep a whole lot. So I was able to to pace my day to still get a full work day in, um, but to not have to send her off to daycare. And um, it really, it was, a, it was an amazing experience. It was an amazing opportunity. And so I really kind of started keeping my head down instead of for years, I'd been saying, I wanna do different kind of work. I wanna be helping people. I wanna be making a difference in people's leadership capability or communication capability or work-life balance. And I just thought, you know what? I get to work from home. I'm just going to zip it. And so I started a yoga studio sort of as a side hustle, thinking that's how I'll live my purpose in the world. That's how I'll make a difference in people's lives. And I was on the five-year plan when my daughter was born. I was on the five-year plan thinking, okay, I'm going to give myself five years to develop this business to where I can replace my corporate salary. I can quit my corporate job and I can just do my yoga studio because, you know, running a business is so easy. I was going to just do that. (laughs) It's a baby, right? (laughs) Right, exactly. And with a baby and another one that came three years later. So um, anyway, my five-year plan lasted more like 15 years. I was still in corporate and really, um, you know, the studio was going and it was going well and people loved it. And I had so many people say they, I I had some people who would drive 30 minutes out of their way to come to my location instead of multiple other ones near them because they loved it so much and they were getting so much out of it, Um, but it never got to the financial place I wanted it to be. And I I can share a story later about that of what I discovered of why that happened and and what I see now of how I was unknowingly limiting my own potential for growth. Um, But anyway, I finally, after about 15 years, something came up on a Facebook feed one day about go from employee to entrepreneur. Um, It was a five-day challenge and that was my first business online business coach and business mentor that I worked with who had this program. And I signed up right away and was like, this is it. I'm, I'm making this happen. And that was really when I discovered the world of online coaching and training, and I realized, um, you know, there are some other companies that were doing the work from 20 years ago that I was doing, but I thought they're still going to come at that cost of long hours and low pay and no ability to be with my kids or be home when I want to be home. And so, when I discovered the world of online coaching, I thought, oh my gosh, this is the answer! I can finally do what I want to do. And so, for the last uh, four or five years now, I forget my exact start date in business. I've been I've been growing this side of things, and it's been absolutely fabulous, and I've never looked back. That's amazing.
0: Great story. What a journey. Yeah, so many lessons in there, right? Like, I love how you said, you know, I didn't really stop to think what I was going to do with this baby when it came out of my body, right? Yes.
1: All of a sudden, that becomes really real, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You'd think it was obvious from long before then, but it was suddenly like, wait a minute. (laughs) She's not going to be like in utero and getting carried around everywhere I go anymore. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's the easiest part, right?
1: Yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> of of being pregnant. Oh my yes. gosh. Yeah. The struggle is real for all the yes. moms out there, right? I'm sure they're all laughing right now. <laughs>
1: How naive we once were. Yes. Oh my gosh.
0: So tell us what makes you invincible.
1: Well, honestly, I really believe the, the work that I do, this work that I was so fortunate, as I said, to find over 20 years ago and that I've been continuing to learn and study and, and be a student of and be a teacher and a coach of, even though I wasn't doing it as my full-time profession that whole time, I was finding many ways to still do it and, and serve other people in various ways. Um, but really the work that I do, the, the tools that I teach, um, I, there's not a day that goes by that I'm not grateful and, and just so happy that I found it when I did, um, and I've certainly continued to evolve it and expand it on my own, but really it's, it's tools to empower you in really being free from any of the things that, that tend to hold us back. And there are so many, <laughs> we'll get into that brief in a little bit, but um, you know, there are so many ways that, that we really, I think sometimes feel almost like we're in chains. Um, I have this visual I use sometimes in my head of like, if you're in a rowboat and the anchor, is, you know, the anchor is out, whatever the word is, you can tell I'm not a boating person, but if the anchor is cast or whatever the word, um, y- you can you can row that boat as hard as you want, but you're not gonna get anywhere. You're gonna be going in circles. And so I really feel what makes me invincible is this work that allows me to cut the rope of the anchor and have the freedom to be able to go anywhere I want with the speed, with the ease, with the direction, with the purpose, the intention, um, to really be able to be the master of my own life and to be able to help other people do the same. That's
0: awesome. So I have a a question that I'm just curious about that. I think the listeners would love to hear. And that is, you know, you've done several different things and you kind of journeyed like thinking it would be one way or for a certain amount of time. And then it wasn't girl that's happening all over the world. (sighs) Right. Right now. And so what was it like, like internally, like, how did that feel when you realized, oh my gosh, I found it. And I'm here. Right. Let's go back to that place.
1: Yeah, it's really, um, you know, I, I really encourage people to to tune in when they have those moments. I think so many times we have these epiphanies or these inspired moments where we go, oh my gosh, this is it. Or we have some big idea about something and and we can tend to very quickly then start shooting it down for all the reasons why we can't do it or we shouldn't do it or it's crazy to do it. And, and for me, I don't know, I think I've just always been raised to, I don't know if I should say been raised, but my mom did instill the belief in me that any. Thing as possible. she's in fact she a phrase she used regularly was there's always a way and and for anything you want or you want to do, she, she I can hear her voice right now saying it there's always a way, there's always a way. And so I very much grew up with that as part of my own mindset and my own belief system. And so when I had this this recognition of oh my gosh, I could really do this I could do this thing that I've been wanting to do and trying to find other pathways around and I really could have it all and make this happen now um, for me it was just an absolute like, heck yeah. Like, there's no way I can't do this now. And I'm not going to say I didn't have moments of fear. I mean, I remember like ugly crying with my husband at one point about it <laughs> because, because, you know, way back, like when I, when I was t- working at that company and coaching was just really kind of getting born at that time. I mean, this was like the mid nineties that I first was exposed to this work. Um, and, and at the time there were people who were going into coaching that, you'd kind of think like, okay, but their life is sort of a hot mess. So like what business do they have coaching other people? (laughs) People that are like 50 and overweight and divorced three times and living in their mom's basement kind of thing. And- And I remember like ugly crying with my husband being like, but I don't want to be one of those people. And what if people think I'm a freak? And, you know, there was all this stuff that I had around it. Of course, I think the coaching industry is amazing and there's incredible people doing it, but it was, you know, that was sort of my early exposure to it. And I was thinking, I don't, I don't want to be seen as that. And what if people think I'm that? And, you know, there were all sorts of things around that. And of course, the fear of leaving the steady paycheck and leaving the benefits, girl, I tell you, I had no idea how, grateful I was for my health benefits through my company until my husband and I were both (laughs) self-employed. yes so giving up things like that it definitely you know it seemed like there certainly were reasons to not do it to think we'll just do it on the side but but that's not me i i just i'm i'm such a believer in um i really believe we are here for a purpose and and we don't need to wait for the angels to sing and a message to be delivered to us to tell us what that purpose is sometimes i think we need to d- d- create a purpose and live into it for ourselves but i feel like we're here for a reason we've been given certain gifts to express and for me I just feel like it's funny I've got chills right now thinking about this I just feel like I am not a never one to think put those gifts in a box and wait for the right time to show them heck no bust out of that box right now and go do what you're meant to do in the world
0: Oh, I couldn't agree more. And I honestly, you know, I say this all the time. I have never been ready for anything that I've ever done in my (laughs) life. (laughs) Right? Like if you're if you're waiting to to be ready, you're you're not gonna get there because I literally have never Been ready. Oh, well, maybe this vacation I'm about to take, that might be the first (laughs) thing I'm ready for. Oh my gosh. So you said so many key things, and I just want to go back to two of them. So one was about benefits and about how grateful you were or should have been, and you are now. (laughs) And you are now uh, for that. And you know, here's what I want to say about that is you know the answer too, but how many women are out there in the world going to a job they hate every day, leaving their kids they love that they want to spend more time with so they can have benefits. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think what you're saying is true. Like, let's be grateful for it, but not so much so that we sell our soul to get them because, you know, there's so many benefits to being an entrepreneur, having your own business and writing off your benefits and picking and choosing the ones you want. Right. So there's both sides of that. Yeah. And I want to encourage our listeners like, listen, there's no reason in the world why you should stay at a job you hate for benefits because life is short and yeah yeah, and we spend so much time at work and oh my gosh so I'm Mm -hmm. so glad you
1: brought that up there's a huge cost there are huge costs like monetary costs like you said like if your kids are in daycare or aftercare after school or something um but those emotional and spiritual costs as well and and the thing is too that a lot of people don't think about because we a lot of people tend to approach business fear-based almost I mean yes there's some some inspiration to go into it and there's some hope and desire to have it be really successful. But we also in the beginning tend to have a lot more fear of, but what if it doesn't work? But the thing is in business, you can generate as much more money as you wanna generate. In your your employment, you're capped unless you're maybe in a commission-based position. But in your employment for most people, there's only so much you can make. So sure you're saving a little money on your benefits but you're limited in how much you're able to make anyway. So go expand that possibility and that potential. Yeah,
0: and I I talk to women a lot, and they're like, I wish I could do this, and I'm like, Why can't you? Right? Yep. And they're like, I'm like, Wait, you're gonna stay in a job for thirty five hundred dollars in benefits? Yeah. Yeah. And it's so de- near and dear to my heart because this past weekend was my husband's, you know, enrollment period, and so uh, I yes. was like, We pay how much? You know, <laughs> it's you know, so look at that. Like, you know, yeah. we think like we have to have that, but we we pay probably as much to have the ones through his company as we would independently.
1: Right. And
0: yeah. So, I mean, there's just, it's just no reason to stay in a, a place yeah. that you you're not happy. And yeah. then my second one is, oh my gosh, your mom, right?
1: I your mom, mom, she's fabulous. oh my
0: gosh, there's always <laughs> a way. So when you said that, what I thought was, oh, that mom is leaving a legacy. She oh is. my gosh. Like she that is. you're, you know, that you're a mom and now you're repeating that to your daughters and, you know, and to our listeners here on the podcast, right. That there is always a way and our job is to find it. Right. It's not to worry. It's not to freak out. It's to go find the way it's there and, you know, (laughs) shift into that gear. So I want to talk about legacy. I know that this is definitely a passion uh, for you and the work that you do. So Mm -hmm. let's talk a little bit about like how alignment and fulfillment and, you know, how all that contributes to a legacy, leaving a legacy, building a legacy and all those things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I, I love, you know, one of the things I love about entrepreneurship in particular is that we really have the ability to design it exactly the way we want to design it. And um, I'm a huge believer. In fact, my, my framework um, I've, I've just, in fact, I've just recently renamed it because I decided I came up, it was more fitting um, soul aligned success that to, to achieve soul aligned success, uh, the essential elements are being uh, living in full expression of who you really are, what you're here to do, and what matters most to you. And the who you really are, you could say, is at a soul level, who we are as spiritual beings, as you mentioned in the introduction. I love that quote by the French philosopher about we're spiritual beings having a human experience. Um, So living in full expression of who you are and all of your glory, with all of your gifts, with all of your weirdness, or whatever else may come with your package as well. Um, But really living in full expression of that. And a lot of times that gets uh, stopped or blocked by aspects of our identity which formed out of fear and need to survive, need to fit in, feeling like we're not enough, feeling like we need to make up for something that we lack. Um, And so I'll I'll get to more of that in a minute. But the, the big thing is living in full expression of who you are, what you're here for being your purpose, which as I said, doesn't have to come from an angel delivering it to you in a dream or anything, but finding a purpose, creating a purpose for yourself and living it and, um, and what matters most to you. And that really, there's a number of things in there that, that Tie into that for me, which is about living with passion, um, living true to your values, living um, really honoring what you want. I love the question, "What do you want?" You know, what do you what do you really want? <laughs> I was never a Spice Girls fan, but every time I say that, I hear in the song, "Tell me what you want, what you really really want." <laughs> but really recognizing what it is that you want and and going for that. And when any piece of that, you know, ideally it's like a Venn diagram; all of those overlap, and we're coming from. The that soul expression. Um, The challenge becomes one, there's a huge conflict within us of who we are as spiritual beings being limitless, perfect, divine, magnificent creations of God um, with with really huge potential for just about anything we want, and our human side, which is housed within these breakable bodies that that we have legit reason to have fear and need to survive. And need to survive isn't just about physical survival. If you think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, pretty much every level except the top one of self-actualization is some form or some reflection of our human needs, whether it be for security and safety or belonging or um, recognition, making a, a kind of contributing to the world in some way, a lot of those tie into that identity. And so for many of us, our identity helps us succeed. It's not just survive, like get by. For some of us, our identity is what really makes us hugely successful, but it's limiting because you have to be that because the identity formed out of fear and a feeling of lack. And so if you're not that, then what's going to happen? There's this fear that it's all going to fall apart or that you're not going to belong anymore, or people aren't going to, um, like you or appreciate you or keep you around. It's, you know, comes back to these caveman instincts of fear that we're going to get kicked out of the cave. And so it's like, you have to keep living into that. And, um, you know, one of my, one of my clients, this, this for her, it was so apparent that she had this whole thing of her identity was really being a fighter. And like, she clawed her way out of a. hideous, hideous childhood upbringing that if you even saw it on a movie, you would think, oh, they made that up. They exaggerated that for for drama or entertainment purposes, horrible things that happened to her growing up. And she was determined, she was getting out of there and she did, but part of her identity has become this, um, someone who's, you know, she can, she has to fight her way out and she earns her, sort of her value or, uh, you know, up until now anyway, has earned her value and her recognition through her achievements. So hugely successful. She had a seven-figure ad, um, full-service ad agency. She she graduated, I think, like magna cum laude or, or summa cum laude or something when she was 16 years old from high school. Um, you know, all kinds of amazing things that she's done in her life, but it's led to this whole identity of like, I've got to do more. I've got to prove myself. I've got to achieve more. And so when she first came to me and said, what I really want is um, to be able to just enjoy my life with my husband, with my kids. I want to be present with them. I don't want to be preoccupied. Uh, you know, yes, I want to still be successful successful. successful. And I want to be fulfilled and I want to enjoy it. And I want to teach my kids that it's okay. Like you don't have to be measured by what you do or, you know, checking some accomplishment next to your name or adding more initials of a degree after your name. Um, And the work she does as well in the world is about helping companies be socially responsible companies in the world, being responsible to their employees and to their communities. And so she's doing this huge work in the world. And um, anyway, when we really started to uncover what it was that was shaping her, her it completely freed her up to start making new choices taking new actions approaching it in totally different ways and she's had incredible results from that but in less than a month she she more than tripled her corporate rate and since then she's even doubled it again so it's more than six times the original when we were working together and started making more than 16 times more than what she was making with these lower um lower level clients I'll just say that she was thinking like you know it had to be hard (laughs) It's gotta be hard. I gotta work hard for it and earn it. So, yeah. So it's, it's just amazing how it, how it really makes such an impact. So when we can bring all that into alignment, I feel like I went a little broad there. So let me try to hone it back in. <laughs> yeah, That was great. That that was so great though. <laughs> awesome. If we bring, if we keep coming back to who we are, what we're here for and what matters most to us, you can kind of see with that client example I just gave, you know, she could have just kept achieving, achieving, achieving and going after what she felt very much was her purpose, but it was driven by identity, not by who she really is. And it was not honoring what she really wanted her, what really mattered to her. So when we started bringing those pieces back together, not only is her life more enjoyable, she's happier, she's more at ease, she's healthier, but she also is making tons more money as a result of it. And she's leaving a legacy and enjoying life.
0: I love that. That is such an amazing story. So full circle, right? Yes. I love it. Love, love. Okay. So let's do this. Let's tell our listeners where they can find you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, soulalignedsuccess.biz. Um, you can actually access a masterclass that I offer um, through that site, where it's going to walk you through a process to be able to see um, to be able to see where you may where that identity may be showing up and how it may be limiting you and your ability to really get into that alignment um, and that full expression of who you are to be able to to be freed up to move forward the ways you want to move forward. So, soulalignedsuccess.biz. I love it. I love it. Okay, Spencer. I know you're here for it
0: today, and we promise our listeners on the She's Invincible podcast that we're going to bring them tips for success that they can apply and and see results right away. Which we've done here today. Thank yes. you so much for sharing that story and you know how the you're doing the work that you're doing to help people to have profitable businesses and and create legacies. And um now we're gonna do what we promise, which is let them in behind the scenes. Yes. And yeah. So you know we've we know you've had such a, a amazing and, and fun long journey uh to your success. And, and, and taking turns, I I just love how it you know evolved from, you know, one thing to the next and yes. and and that here you are today. And it just all makes sense now, right? But it yes. but it didn't then uh you know <laughs> As you said, you know, you remember those conversations with your husband where you just yep. cry your eyes out, right? right? So those right. ugly cries and yeah, so I'd love to let our listeners in behind the scenes and we do that through stories. So I would love for you to share with us a good story about your journey.
1: Yeah. You know, one of my favorite, this is more of a moment than a long story, but I'll, it, I can connect it for you. One of my favorite moments was one of my first paying clients before she was even a paying client, literally the first like strategy free session that we had together. She said something about, I don't know, something she was thinking and without even really giving it much thought, I just said under my breath, yeah, well, just cause you think a thought doesn't mean it's true. And she told me, and I didn't even really, I wasn't meaning it as a teaching moment. It wasn't meant to be snarky. It was just kind of naturally flowed out of me it's my sometimes my inner dialogue becomes outer dialogue So she ended up, she ended up becoming a client. And um, in fact, it was funny because with her, she, I, I knew what her passion and her desires were. And when we had our first discovery call to talk about really working together on a paid um, relationship, she was th- talking, thinking about going a completely different path. And I ended up telling her outright, well, I'm not going to work with you if that's what you're going to do. And she, was, she was shocked. She was like, wait, you won't work with me. I'm like, "Uh, uh-uh. I'm not going to support you in something that's going to put your gifts in a box and keep you smart and have you think you can't. So if you want to do that, I wish you the best. But if you want to do what you really want to do, I'd love to support you in that. And so anyway, she told me after we had been working together, she said, you know, Spencer, one of the most powerful things you ever said to me was that time when you said, just because you think a thought doesn't mean it's true. She said, the earth literally shook under my feet. And I had to sit down when you said that, because she said, it had never occurred to me until that moment that the thoughts in my head were not true, or weren't at least accurate for me. And of, Obviously, we built on that quite a bit. I I realize that I said that that might sound like the rest of our work together didn't pay off, but but it was more that it was such an initial almost shock to her that it made such an impression, and she has continued to go on to um, as she's launching her business, doing her life's passion and work now. Um, she I'm a member of her Facebook group, and I see every day she's constantly making posts that have all kinds of things to do about helping her people then to shift their mindset, to shift how they look at things, how they approach things. Um, Um, And it's just so awesome to see the ripple effect, to see the ripple effect that comes. And, you know, part of that is is feeling like I'm leaving my own legacy with things, you know, something I said that I didn't even really think about or think was any huge gem was huge. And it's had such an ongoing impact. And I think that's a good reminder to a lot of your listeners as well, especially in those moments, (laughs) like we're going to talk about some of the bad and the ugly moments, those moments when we're thinking we're so not enough, we're failing, we're... (laughs) All of those things to know that, you know, people, people, things, things that you know, and that you really excel in and your strengths and your gifts may seem like no big deal to you, but they can be life changing for other people. And we got to remember that and just keep sharing it.
0: That is profound right there. (laughs) I love that. Oh my gosh. Yes, so true. Okay, yeah. As you mentioned, we're going to talk about the bad. So let's go. <laughs> let's go a little bad. Tell us a
1: yeah. little, yeah, about your journey. A little bad. So I thought a perfect example for for something bad was, my, as I said, my yoga studio endeavor. Um, I was telling myself was the five year plan, and it took over fifteen years. And and really, I ended up deciding I've I fully focused on coaching now, and I've stopped teaching yoga. So I ended up actually shutting the studio down. But looking back, you know, when I look at what why was that so hard to get where I wanted it to be? Why was it not? Um, again, you know, I had I had quite a few classes and quite a few students and other teachers teaching for me, and there were great things about it, but it never got to the level that I really wanted it to be financially and profitably. And one of the things I realized, in fact, as I started doing this work, being really fully one hundred percent focused on coaching, I saw for myself that someone had made a comment near the beginning of me teaching yoga about, it was another studio owner who said, I would never hire someone who's doing it just for the money. And it was just dripping in judgment. And, you know, the whole like, Ugh, people are disgusting if they do things just for the money. And, and I certainly probably had some of my own money beliefs. In fact, I can say for sure, I had some of my own stuff around money and thinking, you know, people who do things strictly for their own gain, or just to have money as power or something that's, you know, there was a lot of yuck and grossness about that in my interpretation. Um, but hearing her say that I, I was so offended at the time. <laughs> it was somewhat directed at me. It was not true, but she, it was somewhat directed at me. And I was so offended that she'd even think that of me. And I ended up realizing later, I'm like, you know, I think that statement and my very strong reaction to that, like, that is not me. That's not what I'm about. That I think kind of Financially poisoned my whole endeavor with the yoga studio because I didn't want people to be thinking, oh, well, Spencer's just doing the yoga studio just to get rich or make as much money as she can off of it, which consciously. I didn't think at all. And consciously I would have said, I don't even care if people think that like I'm in business and and I'm providing a valuable service. And if I get rich along the way, yay me, like there's no reason why I shouldn't be getting rich off of it. But there was this, this, uh, you know, again, kind of tying to the identity. Like I didn't want to be seen as one of those people, one of those people who cared more about money than humans and cared more about power than impact and things like that. And of course it's all made up. It's all interpretation and, and how we respond to things. Um, But it was, it was definitely a struggle. And it was, you know, 15 years of saying, I want to be able to get out of my corporate job. So I have more time to be with my kids. And next thing you know, they're in like junior high and high school. And I'm saying, my God, where has the time gone? And so, you know, I I wish that I had had a coach sooner (laughs) It would have been well worth the investment to have someone coaching me. So I perhaps could have seen that much sooner and then much more profitable and gotten out of the corporate job sooner. Um, but you know, I do feel like it's all everything I think is part of our journey. And it's always for a reason. That's amazing.
0: And you know, like for, the, for our listeners out there, watch your words, right? Yeah. You have no idea how that judgment and that impact of those words will affect someone. We really yeah. need to really be careful. And I think even, you know, especially right now, we are in a time where people are just slinging it, right? Yeah. All over, uh, you yes. know, and <laughs> I, I, we really need to to be a little more sensitive to that. Yes. And, and less judgmental and uh, less opinionated because honestly, (laughs) you know, they say, what do they say? Sticks and stones will break my bones, right? (laughs) Yes, yes. No, those words will hurt you. They (laughs) they can. And, you know, that is not cool. (laughs) So let's just be nice, right? Be kind. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry you went through that, but I mean, now you have the lessons and you're able to help other people. And I find that, you know, when we do go through those things that aren't so positive, they really do help us to, you know, do even better. Right. So now we're going full speed ahead into ugly. So (laughs) I know, you know, what I find is so fun
1: though, is how we can laugh about the ugly, right? I mean, oh, if we can't laugh about it, what's the point of even living? (laughs) Well, and I, and I think that's so important to
0: bring up here is that if the listeners are going through something ugly right now, know that one day you will laugh about it. Like Mm -hmm. we're, we're always laughing about the ugly because we've been through it and we saw all that the ugly is what took us to the great right yes so, absolutely yeah so with that let's laugh about the ugly and tell <laughs> us a fun story we can laugh
1: about Well, so what really, what stands out to me with this, with the ugly is that really, to me, the ugly is what leads to the freedom with the work that I do and how I support my clients. So much of it is about really getting to the ugly truth, your own truth, not truth with a capital T, but your own truth. And, um, you know, we fool ourselves in many ways and, and, I think a lot of it I want to say is maybe the identity, trying to fool us, trying to keep the status quo and keep things in place. But one of the, the big examples that comes to mind of this is when I first started into this coaching business. And I was so excited to be starting down this path and so passionate about it. And, um, you know, the my background is very much in a, in a broad, my initial introduction, maybe I should say to this work, was in a very broad application way like that, you know, back to that first weekend seminar, I mentioned there were all ages, there were men, there were women, there was everything from 18-year-olds to 80-year-olds, all walks of life, all occupations. And yet it had the same incredible, powerful impact on all of them because it really gets to the heart of who we are as human beings and how we function and how we show up and what we think and who we think we are and all of that. And so as I started into coaching, I thought, well, I want to help everybody. And of course, I get, kept being told, you have to niche, you have to niche, you have to niche, especially in the online world, which I, you know, to some extent I agree with now to say, you know, there's billions of people out there. You got to hone your message to attract the ones you want to attract. And so... it took me almost nine months. I, I laugh about how I could have birthed a baby and, and less time or as much time, um, to really finally figure out what kind of coach to even call myself and what kind of, what kind of coaching I wanted to be doing. And, and it really came from getting to the ugly truth. You know, I, I thought one day about nine months into this still feeling like, I don't know, and I'm lacking clarity and in and, and and one day I thought, all right, Spencer, you've got tools. This is what you teach people. Let's use these tools, put them to use. And so I walked through this Process, which is the process that I define in the master class I mentioned at um, Solaline Success.biz. So I walked through my own process to say, okay, what am I getting out of this? What's the benefit here to being lacking clarity? And, and I've been doing this work long enough, I was able to see it pretty quickly. Like it hit me like a ton of bricks all of a sudden, almost. I was like, oh my gosh. I'm staying in control. I, my husband and I had talked when we were second marriage. We've been together seven. I think we're coming up on our seven year anniversary now. And early in our relationship, he, I coached him to starting his business. And as he was starting his business one day, I said, you know, you should probably know, I don't really want to be doing what I'm doing forever. Like I'd really like to not be doing it anymore, the corporate work that I was doing. And so we had agreed that once his business was up and running, I could, could stay home and just do whatever I wanted to do to the extent I wanted with, it was still the yoga studio at the time. And, um, so anyway, I realized that there was a part of me that I think was very afraid that if I, cause historically, um, expenses in my life with my ex and even with as a single person, expenses in my life always seem to expand with my level of income. And so I think there was a part of me that was thinking, well, if I start this business and it starts going well and I really start making money, I'm not going to be able to not keep working anymore. Like, yes, right now I'm excited and I think it's work I want to be doing. But what if I decide I don't? What if I just want to be a stay-at-home mom? What if I don't want to have to do stuff? And so it was really like this almost like bratty two-year-old being like, well, you can't make me. (laughs) which of course is ridiculous because it was something I wanted to do. And I was so passionate about and felt so called to, but it was this, like, I don't want to be controlled. I don't want to have to keep doing it. And so therefore I'll just stay unclear and like, I don't know. I don't know. So that I don't have to kind of thing. So I know it sounds a little crazy, but you know, a lot of our, a lot of our inner working logic is not part of the equation. (laughs)
0: I agree. <laughs> I agree. Oh, that's so funny. It, it's true too. It's almost like we let ourselves off the hook, right? By yeah. just pretending. And you know, that is something I actually say is what is it you're pretending not to know? Right. Yes. Yes. That,
1: yes, that was like actually that... a phrase. My first experience, they had a banner at the front of the room that said, What are you pretending not to know? And each day it got bigger. So by the third day, it was this huge thing. And a lot of us <laughs> didn't even notice it until the third day. We were like, Oh, we didn't even see that. Yeah. What are you pretending not to know with a great question to ask yourself in any moment.
0: Yes, absolutely. See, and see how we let ourselves off the hook. Yeah. Well, that is amazing. It has been so good to chat with you today and to hear your stories and your journey and all the ways that you're really making an impact in the world. And I appreciate that so much. And Thank before you, we wrap up, yes. I just have two questions for you. Okay. So the first one, I just want you to finish this sentence. The world would be a better place
1: if more people knew like that you are a perfect magnificent divine being exactly as you are for all that you are and for all that you're not.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: That's <laughs> like a mic drop. <laughs>
0: Okay. Well, I have one more for you. Yes. (laughs) Drop the mic. Okay. One more for you. We talked so much about legacy today and, and just, you know, how that plays into life and business and the future. And so my question to you is how would you like to be most remembered in the world?
1: Ooh, I think, um, I think I would like to be most remembered for, probably tying back to what I just said for helping people really know themselves for who they really are and, and to be able to live in full expression of that, to know that they are perfect divine creations and that they have the power within them to do anything they want to do. And they can really um, put that, put that to work in every area of life to really implement that.
0: That is beautiful. And what a legacy to work, to build, to leave behind. I love it. Thank you so much for being with us today. And for all of our listeners, you can find all of the links to finding Spencer and all the work she's doing in the world by just clicking on the show notes right there as you're listening to the episode. And thank you, Spencer. And to our listeners, I don't know where you are in the world or in your business, but if you're face down on the ground right now, get